Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Juice on the Cues podcast on the Big Heads Media Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. At MyBookie.ag, choose from thousands of bets from college football to the NFL. And if you sign up now, you'll get a dollar for dollar match all the way up to $1,000. Use promo code Juice on Cues. That's promo code Juice on Cues and double your first deposit now. It's a no brainer. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie.ag. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be previewing the Syracuse basketball season and talking about the ACC football matchup of the week. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Sam Vescovi, and our guest today is the Juice Online senior college basketball analyst and 2003 national champion, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, how are you today? Fantastic, Wes. How about yourself? Andrew, I'm doing well because it's that time of the year when we move on from Syracuse football and into basketball, and I want to get you started on this one. We're about a month away from the start of the basketball season. I wanted to get your general thoughts on the 2020-2021 team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, right, with uh, with hoops obviously starting later, and then just there's so many unknowns that um, will we'll kind of revolve around the basketball season. But, you know, I think we – I think we know what to kind of expect from Buddy, you know, the type of player he is, um, you know, always, we always hope to see, you know, subtle improvements as you go from, you know, sophomore, junior year, junior to senior year. Um, uh, Dolage, same thing, you know, we know what to expect. It'll be interesting a little bit to see on Gerard, you know, right? You freshman year under the belt, um, probably got, you know, more confidence in terms of just what to expect from college basketball and what to expect in terms of the grind, um, but for me, the, you know, the biggest thing is going to be Quincy, really, to me, is, you know, what, you know, how does he progress? What did he do over the summer? What did he do during quarantine to improve his game? Did he improve his jump shot to be more confident with that ball handling skills? Um, you know, we know his athletic ability, but, um, you know, that's going to be the big question because, you know, we're going to need uh, that scoring from him uh, to really, um, you know, kind of get this uh, team you know, to score, you know, good amount of points to to be competitive, you know, with the Dukes and, and North Carolinas of the world. I know you brought up Quincy Gurrier as an X factor. You didn't mention him, but I know you also think of Barama CDB like this. The last third of the season, he averaged 10 plus rebounds per game. I'm wondering what you think if that production will carry into his senior year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, fingers crossed, right? That's such going to be a big thing because. You know, you think about last year's team with Elijah, right? He was a, a offensive player, right? We we knew he was the go-to scoring guy. He was an NBA type of player, but he played on the low post in terms of his own. And rebounding and, and going after rebounds, that, that's not his forte, right? He's more of an offensive player. Um, and so while we lose him from the offensive side, does that make the bottom of the zone more impactful in terms of rebounding, right? not giving up second-chance opportunities. And that's really where I think, you know, Sidibe and Quincy and, um, you know, just that whole kind of 
back, uh, the, you know, those type of big men, what are they going to bring to the table from a defense, defensive standpoint? Because, you know, we're, I think we're going to have our issues in games struggling to score because, you know, defenses know what Buddy brings to the table. They, you know, they know, understand Gerard in terms of his pick and roll skills and shooting ability. So, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to hone in on those things and that can make it difficult to score when we don't have an NBA player like, uh, like Elijah Hughes. So we we got to make it up somewhere, and that's going to be in defensive and zone, and and being more understanding the zone better. You know, Quincy understanding the zone better, and rebounding, and and that's going to be key. So those guys, you know, I think that's where really where my focus is when when the team starts to play is what is that? Um, you know, what, what's the three, four, and five uh, guy in terms of his ability to really improve the team and help the team? And I think that's. You know that's where we're going to see uh, kind of how the season goes with with those gentlemen. You talked about Elijah Hughes jumping to the NBA. His replacement is Alan Griffin, who transferred from Illinois and is immediately eligible. I'm interested to see who you think will start between him and Quincy, and what type of season you think Griffin will have. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. That's why I kind of brought up Quincy as the X factor. You know, those two, it's good having Alan, right? You know, competition um, it always you know, should bring out the best of players to work harder and get better. So, you know, that's, I think that's going to be the interesting part in terms of, uh, you know, is Quincy a better defensive with his own and rebounding because Alan Moore is a scorer. Um, you know, it, it's going to, can, you know, does Alan play the two, you know, if, if, you know, Buddy's struggling, uh, can you put him at the two in the top of the zone with, with Gerard? Um, I think those are, that's really going to be interesting. We're not a huge, you know, the depth of the team is going to be the issue, and then, and then you go in with the whole situation with with COVID and how that's going to play out. So, you know, at the end of the day, this this upcoming season, it's kind of like it is what it is. It's kind of what, whatever happens happens. I don't think there's any high expectations. You know, the one thing I think is that I've always said about Gerard is that he's a he's a great college player. Who knows how if he makes it to the pros or how he'll do? But we're we're going to have him for four, you know, three more years. You know, Buddy will be here next year and year after, um, and, and so forth. So the team is going to gel and get better. Um, uh, so it's going to be interesting how, you know, how how Allen and Quincy kind of how Beheim really uses that rotation uh, to kind of if you care more about offense or defense. Um, and that's you know that's how the season's probably going to go. Andrew, every year around this time on the podcast, I always ask you the same question, which is how Syracuse is going to do. Each year, you give me an honest assessment on the objective facts. You're always right. So I'm curious, as always, to get your prediction. You do ask me that question every year. And always the beginning, when you ask, ask me that, I always say, I need two to three games. I need, you got to give me two or three games before I give the, the full assessment. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for that again, <laughs> two to three more games. Um, but I, again, it's this is one of those years that I think everyone can kind of just punt uh, in terms of predictions because it, who knows what happens, right? Who knows uh, if the season finishes, you know, and, and all that. It's just going to be just an interesting year. And I think the one thing about this team is that it's probably it's probably going to be the same team for 21-22 season with obviously new recruits coming in as well. So. I think it's just, to me, I just want to look, you know, see how Quincy progresses, see how Gerard progresses as his second year, what type of player does Allen bring to the team, um, because I think this is a team that, you know, is going to be around for the next year as well. 
Andrew, thanks again for coming back on the program. Again, 2003 national champion Andrew Cowie. Andrew, appreciate it as always. Enjoy the start of the season. We'll speak soon. All right, Wes. Talk to you later. Great stuff as always from Andrew Cowie. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online ACC football analyst and my very good friend, Sam Vescovi. Sam, how are you today? Welcome to the program. Hey, Wes. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to it. Sam, you released your power rankings for week eight, and just like all the other weeks, you have Clemson at one and Notre Dame at two. They play each other this weekend in what should be the ACC regular season game of the year, but the big headline is that Trevor Lawrence will miss the game because of COVID. With all that in mind, who you got? Yeah, Clemson versus Notre Dame, that's that's such a good question. It's such a huge conference game. You know, that's still weird for me to say. You know, I've been hard on Notre Dame in the power rankings, you know, finding any reason at all to rank them lower than an ACC team since they are the lone interloper here. There's only one ACC team that I can rank them behind, and that's Clemson. So if I had to make a pick right now, Wes, I'm taking the Irish. And as much as that pains me to say, you know, this Irish team has just kind of somehow figured out their offense. And they're heading into a game against Clemson where Clemson doesn't have a quarterback. So Notre Dame destroyed Pitt two weeks ago, and they took on Georgia Tech last week. And they really didn't have a problem with them. And that's the real reason I'm picking them. Not the offense, Wes. The reason I'm picking them is because of the defense. The defense has given up 10 points a game, and they're facing a backup QB. Now, if Trevor Lawrence is playing, I'd have to take the Tigers, but that just isn't the case. So, you know, this Notre Dame defense is a much better unit than the one they faced last week in Boston College. And you can see that they weren't comfortable the whole game without Trevor Lawrence. So the Irish will make it as hard as possible for Clemson to play successful on offense. They're going to take away ATN, and that's no easy task, but they're going to make DJ sling it. And for me, that just bodes well for Notre Dame. So I got to take the Irish here. Wow, going against a true ACC team there, Sam. And that does make sense with Trevor Lawrence out. And let's talk about the teams outside of the top two since there are 13 other teams in the ACC. The biggest riser has been Wake Forest. You had them in the basement only a few weeks ago. They're up to number four in your power rankings. They beat Syracuse over the weekend. Are they the most underrated team in the ACC? And do you see any other sleeper teams? Yeah, you know, I would say that before the injury, I was going to put NC State as the most underrated team in the ACC. But whenever Devin Leary broke his leg, uh, you see, you saw what they did against North Carolina. It wasn't really much of an offensive performance, and they really struggled. But you know, that brings back to what you said. Wake Forest is the most underrated team in the ACC. They're playing great football on both sides of the ball. They're the fourth-best team in the conference in, in terms of offense. They're the fifth-best team in terms of defense. Together, that's just such a great balance. But why are they underrated? And it's, it's because – this team's just not getting any love for winning four straight games. Yes, the first game was against Campbell. Nobody cared. Not a big deal. But then when they went and blew the doors off Virginia Tech, people started to take notice. Then they beat Syracuse. And that's not going to move the needle in the polls, but that is something that's a, a big deal, being a Power 5 opponent. But why are they being held back? And it's because of their first two games of the year. They lost it against Clemson. Nobody's going to fault them there. But then they kind of laid an egg against NC State, losing that game 45-42. And Devin Leary led the team really well. The NC State just showed up, ran the ball all over them, and then just really kind of moved them out of the, the pollsters' minds. But this team's playing super, super great. They have a bye week this week. They're off on the 7th of, of November. They come back, and they have North Carolina at North Carolina. Then they play at Duke. Then they have Miami at home. This is a really great stretch, a really good opportunity for Wake Forest to rise and start showing people that they're not this underrated team, that they're really great. 
But, you know, one thing that I've been thinking about with regards to the ACC that I wanted to mention earlier that I didn't, but I see that this Clemson-Notre Dame game is really shaping up so that the ACC can finally put two teams in the college football playoffs. And I say that thinking Notre Dame's going to win on Saturday, and there's a collision course here where they meet again in the ACC championship game. And Wake Forest has a real opportunity here to play spoiler. I don't see it. They played Notre Dame the last week of the season. But if you think about it, Notre Dame plays Clemson in the ACC championship game. Notre Dame's probably going to be ranked number two, at worst number three. They lose to Clemson. How are you going to fault them and drop them out of the top four? So you could see Notre Dame play Clemson two times this year in the regular season with the potential semifinal matchup in the college football playoff, or if the teams were so lucky, they could play in the championship. So I'm sitting here thinking, wow, what a great year for the ACC. we got an underrated Wake Forest team. We have an underrated conference in general with the, with the addition of Notre Dame. Things are looking up for the ACC. So they go from being the least rated conference in the country usually to now potentially having two teams in. Sam, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Yeah, so my closing thoughts, Wes, I'm going to switch it over to basketball. So I grew up my entire life watching Pitt basketball. The Pitt-Syracuse series has always been something that's really exciting for me, watching everybody play. Um, we had a really good run against Syracuse while we had Jamie Dixon, but he's been gone now for about uh, four, possibly five years, and I don't really think we've beat Syracuse since he's left. So my bold prediction here is that this season, Pitt's only going to lose to Syracuse two times. And I say that, hoping that we get a crack at them a third time in the ACC tournament. But mainly I'm thinking Jeff Capel is rebuilding the team here. We have a lot of good scorers. We have a lot of good talent underneath. But no, nobody on the team's really done that well against the 2-3 vaunted zone that, that Syracuse plays. So we're going to get to get some transfers. We'll get Ithiel Horton and Nike Sibanaje in here. And maybe they can light it up and shoot the zone away so that we could possibly win. But the rest of the team there's a type of scores that they have to drive to the hole to, to get that. And that just doesn't happen when you play that packed-in zone against the Orange. So I'm going to say two losses, no more to Syracuse. No more than two losses this year. That's my bold prediction. Sam, my closing thoughts are on Election Day. The basketball team reported on Tuesday that 100% of eligible players and staff voted in the election. Each eligible player on the team had been registered to vote by August, an initiative players and coaches pushed for in the spring. It's great to see the program get involved in their civic duty. That's it for us for Sam Viscovy. This is Wes Chang reminding you that if two choreographers got in a fight, it would look pretty impressive. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice and the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. We're all looking to make more sustainable choices, but making your own shoes out of natural materials could pose a few challenges. At the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they're doing all the sciencey stuff like research and testing to create shoes from natural materials, like leather made from plants, eucalyptus tree fiber, and sugarcane. It's not rocket science, it's shoe science. Allbirds is making shoes better than natural. They're super natural. Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.